Thanks for joining us here on Pretty Spiritual, where we're attempting the unthinkable about how to navigate this messy, beautiful, imperfect life with spiritual tools, what principles, and our own personal stories. So we're not experts. We're not religious. We're definitely silly. We're honest, real, and willing to share. So join us as we connect, bond, and grow together. Hello, sweet spiritual friendies. Hi. Hi. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad that we are back together. I'm Lindsay Pony, and I have my lovely co-hosts, Ella. Hi, I'm Ella. And Annie. Hey, I'm Annie. My beloved friends and I were talking the other day, and I was describing the pain I was having finding myself in the middle of what Ella called spiritual growing pains. We are describing this as an awareness state you find yourself in when you've done some healing work, became aware of areas you wanted or needed to change, spent some years or efforts on this, and actually made progress. Who knew that getting closer to where you want can actually hurt Mm. slash be uncomfortable or feel different than you had hoped for? Mm. Spiritual growth is described as a process of becoming aware of your inner consciousness or being, which transcends the usual boundaries of your mind and inner ego to realize the person inside you actually are. Wouldn't that be great? This is what we are attempting to get into today. Experiences where we wanted growth or change, the efforts we made to get there, Finding or not finding ourselves somewhere in between and the feelings, perhaps spiritual growing pains, that came along with it. Perhaps the growing pains even had the feelings of achievement or success, but you still find yourself somewhere in between grieving your past self and curious who you could possibly be now. The fear came along for the ride, tempting you with, who will I possibly be now, now that my essence is gone? Of course, we can acknowledge all of this with tools to help guide us through growth later in the episode. Okay, ladies, let's get into it. Please share your spiritual growing pains and specifically what it was like finding yourself not who you were before, not where you want to be completely, but somewhere in the middle. What did that feel like? Let's describe our experiences with spiritual growing pains. Annie? Please start us off. Thank you, Pony, for this nice topic. And I just want to say I'm really happy that we're all here. And everyone looks so nice today. We got dressed up for you guys. We all got dressed up. Pony's got all these I mean, She's no, trying to argue with us it. right now. I, okay, okay, there she goes. <laughs> she's wearing these amazing colors. They look so fun. Ella's got this really cute jumpsuit. I just got a haircut. Oh, it just is like feeling amazing. All cute. And if here. we could, you know, if feeling good equaled to spiritual growth, we hey, would have it. Or looking down. good. Looking good. <laughs> We're enlightened. Yeah. We're ready. The vanity does it. <laughs> so I love the topic, Pony. And I am in the middle of this. And I really liked how you worded grieving my past self and curious who I could possibly be now or grow into. And so I was thinking about the topic. And there's a lot of stuff that I could do because as my wife frequently tells me, she's like, why are you always trying to fix parts of yourself? Mm. (laughs) You know? And I don't know if she completely understands the need for me to do that. 
And I don't know that it's even trying to fix myself, but it's more an awareness that there's part of me that always needs to grow just based on the past that I've had. And if I don't keep trying to grow, I can get complacent, I guess. So there was a lot of stuff that I could think about and money was definitely one of them. But the the one that just popped up and that I want to talk about is healing because I was the last couple of days I've been really uncomfortable because I have come completely off an SSRI, which is a type of anti-anxiety medication that helps brain chemistry when it acts in a very overstimulated and hypervigilant, anxious way. And I've been taking it for six years and I finally am completely off of it. And so the past week or so, um, a lot of the feelings that were happening before I started taking it have been coming up and they're much, I have the ability to tolerate them a lot more and manage them a lot more. I have different, my nervous system and my heart and myself, it's on a different footing than it was when I first started taking that. But it's still this scary feeling to kind of feel my brain race or um, to have that like swampiness kind of tug at me and be like, it kind of feels, it's hard to describe, but it feels like it's going to kind of just take over me. And so I've been just thinking about how I don't like to feel certain ways. (laughs) Preach. Which which I think is the total (laughs) point of this whole podcast that we've been doing for a year and a half. (laughs) How do I just be a human? So the big, the big clicker in all of this part of the healing, grieving my past self and curious who I could possibly be now, like the bridge that I think of in my mind and also with this medication is PTSD. And so I didn't know that that was happening in my body. And then I got this diagnosis and I started getting all these tools for healing. And it feels like this bridge, I kind of went over this bridge where all these pieces that were disparate and out of control and terrifying suddenly started to make sense and there started to be a solution for them. And it also, the context of my life kind of before that bridge was I was scared all the time. So I had this very submissive, sparkly, people-pleasy, conflict-avoidant way that I navigated the world, but underneath it all was this sense of being scared of stuff. So I was scared to make wrong choices. Like, I can't, what if I pick the wrong clogs to buy? This is such a silly example. And this is a true one, which I'm sharing it. <laughs> so good. A friend got me a gift certificate for these handmade clogs and it have not got, I didn't get them because I'm like, I'm going to pick the wrong ones and then I'm going to be unhappy. I'm going to do it wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and this is like inability to trust my own decision-making process or fear of once I do make a decision, that's going to be the wrong decision. But like that was my entire life on everything, little things, big things. And so as this shift has started happening, I've started having more of this sense of self of like, oh, it's normal to um, be uncertain or to be scared. And it's not such a black and white, like live or die world where if you make a choice that even it's wrong, like it's very dangerous. But at the same time, it's, um, I kind of had this feeling as I was going through this last year and a half that. Um, my somatic therapist kept being like, just be patient. This pa- this process is really slow. But I kept being like, okay, and it start- it's totally better, getting better. But now I'm like, I'm ready for to be this awesome, amazing professional woman who knows everything and like always picks the right pair of clogs. 
<laughs> you know, the and, true mark of success. Yeah, right. And <laughs> and it and I'm not. You know, so the growing pain is like wanting to suddenly be this person with none of my squirmy stuff. The growing pain is being impatient when that weird swampiness rises up and thinks I shouldn't feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. I'm not shackled by the PTSD like I was, and it really had me imprisoned. But I'm not who in my brain I think I'm supposed to be. So I'm in that in between growing pain place, and uh, and maybe this is just who I am always. Maybe the growing pain is just being like, here's, get to like her. (laughs) This is what you are. So that's me. Thanks. Mm. Thanks, Thanks, sweet Annie. Thanks, Annie. I, too, really believe that loving ourselves here right now where we are is the piece that makes even growth possible, right? If I'm just, Mm. no, I can't be this way. It can't be this. I won't look. I'll pretend. I'll distract myself. But really seeing where we are now and also the thing is, is that we're always growing and changing, whether it's backwards or forwards. So I, I too oscillate from the extremes. It's black or it's white. And also then believing that it's always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is it forever. Kind of pigeonholes me into, yeah, just not getting to have the growth that's here. That's definitely happening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks. I guess I wanted to talk about just something I've shared on here before many times. So I'm, I'm wondering why I'm sharing about this again, right? Why would I be sharing about this again? Because you just start, you get better, and then you're fine. It's all linear, you know, healing is yeah. supposed to be linear. And that has not been my experience. I guess I'm going to talk about tone of voice, and the Buddhists call it right speech, mm-hmm. which isn't that so nice that I feel less alone mm-hmm. because they have this step on the eightfold path that helps me to be like, oh, other people struggle with this as well. For it was such a big identity piece for me. I see as I look back now and I've got some space on it before, if anyone brought up my tone, I I felt so criticized and that who I was was too much and couldn't belong. And I identified so much with this brash, loud, unapologetic, unknowingly hurtful with brute honesty. As I look back and see how the ways that my tone and my way of speech was, I can also see that I was really, this was a trait that was formed maybe to be heard, uh, maybe to get things that I needed or wanted. And also it's really kind of a family affair <laughs> in my household. We, uh, the Wow, just a lot of yelling and... So it was really ingrained and habitual. (sighs) So I'm still really here and deep in it with, I think it was our changing behaviors episode where I talked about the different stages of being willing or being able to look at things that we wanted to change. And part of it was the pre-contemplation, which is it's before you even begin to consider looking at something that might be an issue or maybe someone brought it up of, you know, like the way you talk to me is hurting me or Mm. your tone seems like you're upset. Could you possibly check in with yourself for a moment to see? And so for a long time, I was really in like the pre-contemplation for many years and I just took everything very personally. And what's happened so far is this deeper level of realizing that the tone of voice is actually, it's a pathway that if I, if I can become aware of it and notice it, then it's 
I, it's actually showing me what's going on inside of me. It's been so weird and interesting for me to get some space around this and see. We have we have a dog in studio right now. So if you hear some doggy, we're very happy to have a Koki Roo right now. Um, and you might hear her and we're so glad she's here. So that's what's going on. But as far as uh, getting some space on the uh, making headway of the tone like before I really how could you talk about my tone and like it was really painful because it what I was what how I grew up was actually really painful and there was a lot of family dynamics and structures uh, for survival and traits that I acquired that weren't necessarily mine but it's how I survived and so because I was identifying with them so much it felt like a personal attack and like who I was wasn't okay Mm -hmm. and then it was also I had to break away from like this family dynamic and culture it's such a tall order that it makes a lot of sense for years I just couldn't even look at my tone of voice. And I did a lot of the blaming and the pushback of like, this is your issue. And if you can't love me at my, at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. But Mm -hmm. I just saw a meme recently that said, if you can't love me at my worst, well, that's too bad for you because that's actually my best. (laughs) It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing. So just a little levity on seeing where we are. I think a lot of spiritual growing pains come from the resistance. Just being on the spiritual path of being open, aware, and available to look at ourselves, even when and especially when it gets really uncomfortable, is such a it's it's such an honor to be here. So thank you for listening to that about me. Thanks, Pony. Left that. So Thank much. you, Pony. And I just want to say I appreciate you talking about consistent themes. And then also, it sounds like I don't know if this is the case for you, but like shame or discomfort of talking about the same thing over and over. Right. And before this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to really talk about PTSD again as my example? And I thought about it and why I didn't pick money or something else is I was like, this is the truth right. for what is happening in my life. And what I'm working on and it's like it doesn't like you said it doesn't have a solution and so I'm like well people will get bored of hearing about Mm. it or they'll be like oh my god does she have nothing else happening in her life and it's been a pretty big thing Mm -hmm. and also it's just where I'm trying to grow spiritually so I love that you when you share those things it gives me permission to do it too I'm really glad for all of us really showing up in a really personal and honest way and it really is a courageous call and I'm glad that we talk about all the pieces that go into like how we're even stopping ourselves from saying what's true because I'm already looking out of like this should be different this Mm -hmm. healing should be like this I should have more things to talk about and my healing's boring (laughs) (laughs) so thank you both so much for really showing up so generously and honestly it's really such a big deal Yay. There's um, something that I loved that Suzuki Roshi said. He's a Japanese man who came to the United States to start a, a Japanese temple, a Japanese Zen temple, and instead kind of created this community for Americans to engage with Zen. And so he saw American culture and people were kind of like skimming on the surface and like trying a little bit of one thing and trying a little bit of another thing. And so he would say stuff like that. If you follow one thing to its source, 
the whole world gets exposed to you. And I think that's such a beautiful way. For me, that's a really beautiful way to temper all those feelings of like, oh my God, I'm like repeating myself or like this is monotonous. People are bored. When I'm, when am I going to, I just get embarrassed. I'm like, mm-hmm. ugh, again, you know? And um, that really helps me because it's like if we do have the fortitude and resilience to like follow that one thing, it will it will show our whole beings to us and um, hopefully we get some freedom from that. So I was the one who put words to this topic and now I'm like, <laughs> what a crazy woman I was a couple of weeks ago when I said those words irresponsibly, not having any idea <laughs> what they throwing mean. throwing them out with um, no regard. Exactly. And... I have plenty to say as usual, but I feel a little scattered, so bear with me. The place that I really experience the pain of thinking I should know better or be better is it usually has to deal with the emotional cycles that accompany chronic illness. The delusion that really that I really suffer with is thinking I should know better or thinking that like, since I think I know better then I should do better, whatever that means. Cause like, I don't honestly even really know what that would look like. But the truth for me is that when I'm in that place of suffering, I am forgetting a few things. One thing is that in order for me to get relief, the relief of surrender or peace or to appreciate spiritual growth, I have to land that thing emotionally, that like intellectually knowing better doesn't actually do anything for me. It has been so humbling for me lately to be reminded that I can't get there by myself, that most of the time it involves me, you know, like breaking down fully with another person or talking really honestly about how I'm feeling and owning all the really like uncomfortable, messy, toxic feeling parts of the experience. And I just forget all the time that that's not something I can do by myself in my own head. You know, it's like an experience that I have to work for emotionally again and again and again. And just because I've had it before doesn't mean it'll it'll be different getting there in the future. It's like I can't think my way into letting go it's something that has to kind of for better for worse every time it's something I have to feel my way through and I my brain gets very impatient with that Mm -hmm. it's like we've been here before yesterday and the day before and all the days before that like can you come on you know like it's this sort of um that same embarrassment and feeling of just pull it pull yourself together Like, why is this so hard for you right now? And it's like that same uh, impatient tone that is forgetting that it's an organic process that I don't get to control. Mm -hmm. And actually, that's a really good thing. Because if I was in charge of my spiritual growth, I (laughs) all I wanted when I started trying to walk a spiritual path was to not live with my parents anymore and be able to like get out of bed in the morning, which at the time seemed like a pretty big mm-hmm. ask, honestly, like uh, it might be asking for too much, you know, yeah. but if I was in charge of coming up with what the spiritual growth looked like, that's probably as far as I would have progressed because I, I couldn't conceive of 
the life that the universe had in store for me, which is great because it's so much bigger and more complicated and richer than anything I could have come up with. And I think what happens for all of us is like Lindsay was saying, we get so identified with our habitual ways of suffering that then when they are brought up to us or we start to see them or they're like leaking through the cracks, we get really, our ego gets really triggered because it's like, well, I am that, that is me and that's bad. So I'm bad. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that these are patterns and some of them are deeper than other patterns we have, but they're not us, you know, and I get so much relief from remembering that the it's not my suffering, it's the suffering, mm -hmm. it's our suffering. Yeah, I, I wish there was some kind of like speedy shortcut for like, just do this and then you won't be in resistance anymore and you'll have relief from suffering and but it's just this like messy path each time that leads me back to that the place where that kind of settles in emotionally and I actually do get the relief oh my god Coco she is curled up in a little ball with her little puppy tail all neatly tucked around her and that's our best tool you can cut that out Cokie. no that's staying in I love her so much Anyway, so unfortunately, I don't have any quick fixes for y'all. <laughs> look, look at a puppy picture. Look at, that actually is a good one. I love to look at baby animals on Instagram, any animals, but the baby ones are, you know, cute, especially cute for a reason. And uh, maybe I'll have some other slower tools later. Well, it's great because we are actually going to move into the tools now. Hooray. <laughs> Woo. Hopefully with some of these tools, we might be able to find some footing in the in-between state. Are there tools that can help us navigate from here to there or maybe just settle into acceptance and love? Those are my tools. So easy. Let's get it done. <laughs> that was my piece. Annie? <laughs> um, thanks, ladies. I have two tools. The first one is something that we've talked about before but it's acknowledging change that's already happened because like mm -hmm. we've all been talking about I'm in getting that place and I'm like this is it I'm mm -hmm. here I've been here forever I'm gonna be here forever nothing's ever gonna change um I'm useless or I'm stuck or whatever and so I can write I really like writing some people like drawing some people like spreadsheets like oh, some people like just thinking about it whatever works for you but I can write down how things are different. So in the case of what I'm talking about, I can be like, oh, here's the markers of how things that have actually changed. Like I have a level of tolerance now that I can sit with discomfort that I, I didn't have a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And it, each year it changes a lot. Mm -hmm. Like how I'm able to be with what I consider to be discomfort over other people's emotions or other people's experiences or... Um, all those things. So that's huge. So that's one tool. It's just acknowledging change. And then the other one is also a writing tool. And I've been using it. And it's really helpful. So I have a flashcard. And I've noticed lately how pride is a big thing in my life, which I didn't ever think, but apparently it is. <laughs> and so on, I made a flashcard and I just 
bisected it. On one side, I wrote pride and kind of the attributes of what that looks like in my life. And then on the other side, I wrote humility and what those practices or feelings would look like. Mm -hmm. And so in the context of this, being in a state of spiritual growing pain and this grief of like who I have been and and I, like, I don't want to be, for me, PTSD feels really powerless. Like when I feel those feelings of that, it's like, I feel weak and I feel powerless and I feel scared, but also it's like this way of thinking and being that I had for a really long time. So there's this kind of grief mm-hmm. of like, how was I with that person? Oh my God. And then how, who am I going to be now? So as I'm in that in-between state, dissatisfied, <laughs> essentially, I can do my flashcard. And so I wrote down notes and the, you know, what, however it looks for you and whatever your spiritual growing pain is about. But so for me, it feels like I need to practice patience. So on one side, I write impatience and other underneath of it, how, how I can know when I'm in impatience is this need to know a desire for immediate results, dissatisfaction with present circumstances, a desire not to be present, so mm. avoidance of my meditation, which I will do anyways. I do my meditation every day, but I will keep my brain busy during meditation, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I'll just notice that. Be like, oh, that's that looks like impatience. And then the last one that I have is the self-will and uh, as self-determined objectives. So what I mean by that is like a needing to know and the wanting immediate results and knowing what I think the results should be. So like Ella was sharing when all she wanted to do was get out of her parents' house and be able to get out of bed, she couldn't have foreseen like the beautiful world that she gets to inhabit now. So I've already decided the best world for Annie to inhabit in a month, six months, but maybe it's really short-sighted. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I, I I don't have the full scope of how to inhabit that yet, but with patience, I'll be able to get there. So then on the other side of the flashcard is patience. And the words that came up for me were really frustrating ones. <laughs> the they, best kind. They're not, I, like, they're not going to get me immediate results. It was love, kindness, sitting still and breathing, writing, and then tolerance. And uh, mm-hmm. I, in parentheses behind tolerance is tools for emotional regulation. So when I am impatient and I am uncomfortable, I want to avoid it. And so being patient for me is having the tolerance to be with what's happening. So I can do things that we've talked about here, like breathing exercises or sequencing or just things that put me in my body. So those are my two tools right now for spiritual growing pains. Those are so great, Annie. Thank you. Thank you so much. No quick fixes in there, I noticed. I know. Too bad. Dang it. Spoiler alert. There's no quick fixes. Uh, yeah, when Just, your tool is patience, you know it's yeah, gonna suck. Yeah. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the same for all of us. Um, yeah, and m- my tools are. You're definitely gonna need patience for them because it's really just kind of I ideas, principles to encompass and a lot of accurate self-appraisal. Gross. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And the word accurate's quite important. I don't see myself properly. So sometimes it's great to have a buddy to be able to help you, mm. to remind you. I love hearing stories uh, when we get to share so freely. Ella, thank you. <laughs> 
for the because I remember I had there were a couple times like if the 10 years ago person could see me now mm-hmm. I would I would be like I have arrived there nothing else I never need to grow again yeah. <laughs> nothing else needs to happen and that uh Annie thank you too I loved I love thinking about that present time right now maybe I need to just really open up my world more and be patient and sit with this and some of my notes just talk about how pain comes from resisting change, like I was talking about earlier, and the notion that what we resist persists. Mm. And so that's where this accurate self-appraisal comes in, where uh, not only being able to look at what's going on, um, what's been going on in the past, and being okay with it, loving it, loving ourselves as we are right here, right now, because the like the clincher for me, and this has been so profound lately, and it's really kind of simple, but I can't change and grow if I'm resisting or saying that who I am right now is not okay. Mm-hmm. I actually have to love myself, have tons of compassion for myself, be ap- really be okay, like okay enough. Mm-hmm. Like just like, okay, this is what is acceptance of what is and how I am right now in this moment before I'm ever going to be able to get out of this space that I'm in. And that's a far bigger cry for me before when I just thought, don't look, hun- hunker down, don't look, grit your teeth, pretend it's all not there and maybe one day something will be different and it has been a really lovely thing to embrace all that is here all of my humanness the parts of myself that could use more work or that ideals of myself wanting to you know I really just don't want to hurt people with my tone mm. I don't I don't want to hurt people and if I've I have been real life experience tool at the gym. I am like so in my element that I am, I am a yeller. (laughs) I am a scream talker and I get very excited at the gym and it's like an open space. And I feel like we're all being aggressive that I can just like let it all hang out. (laughs) So it's actually been my, uh, it's been my ground to do like the deepest work when I can remember, like sometimes I just go there and act a fool, you know? Uh, (laughs) and that's okay too. Uh, the other day when I was, we had to do these box jumps, it was like such an issue because I tell myself I can't jump. And then as you can see, I can't jump. And my coach was like, you have to commit. You have to believe that you can do this. And then you just have to commit to doing it, which was such a great tool. Mm. And that was a big part of me getting able to do it. But what I would do is I would jump and then I would miss it and I would start to scream uh, some obscenities. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, in the moment I re I, after I yelled what I yelled about missing that box jump, then I said, you are a really great person mm. because I'm essentially talking to myself and I would say, you are trying really hard. Mm. So even though I would have those quote unquote missteps where I'm just acting in my habitual behavior of if I yell and berate and like scream myself into being better, even if I do that, I can still rewrite it in that moment. Meaning I can also add on to it of like, you're doing great. This is hard. You are yelling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just like a 
I say out loud, I'm observed. I, I like help bring myself into the moment by saying out loud what is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's been really profound. So I don't have a lot of tools here that are just X, Y, Z, do this, you are cured. Um, because for me, spiritual growth doesn't work that way. It's all over the place. It's tiny little bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. It's following breadcrumbs back to the heart. And that's what I'm trying to do. Mm. Pony, Thanks, thank Pony. you. I love that you were talking about like outing yourself because that yes. is one of the things that helps me so much is like especially lately when I've been struggling with there's been this back and forth between like unsuccessfully trying to numb and then insane toxic crankiness when that fails to work <laughs> the way I wish it would. Oh, yes. And so it's just kind of this like vacillation. And when I am like fully believing the toxic crankiness especially, I am making it other people's problem. I'm taking it out on other people. And um, my partner has been very patient and will kind of like wait. He, he knows there are things to help me soften into owning it. Like he says, do you want a hug? <laughs> or he says, do you need a hug? Because I don't want one, but I really yeah. need one, you know? That's what Justin says. It's so sweet. And then he'll give me a hug and I'll say, I'm really cranky. And he'll say, I know. And it's just like so much of the power gets taken out of it just by like naming it mm -hmm. out loud and calling it what it is. Um, there's so much... I, I don't have to take it so personally and I don't have to let it control me once I can acknowledge what it is. And so that really helps me. And I, you know, that like whatever spiritual equation that people are throwing around of like pain times resistance equals suffering. That's right. It really annoys me. <laughs> Pony's like, yeah, I, I love, love that. that math equation. <laughs> I hate it. And here's why. It is a really helpful um, way to orient myself. But for me, the problem is that resistance isn't something I can just let go of. And so for me, then it turns into like, it's my fault because I'm resisting it and I'm bad for resisting. And if I could just stop resisting, then I wouldn't be suffering. And I can't. I can't make myself stop resisting it. But for me, what the, these tools do that we're talking about is help me soften a little bit and help me at least get on the path to letting go of the resistance or more realistically having it, having it kind of removed because I can't make myself let go of stuff. I can't make myself stop resisting. But for whatever reason, when I just accept the fact that I'm resisting, there's so much more room for it to move through me instead of getting stuck. You know, for me, it's like what what really helps like both Annie and Lindsay were talking about is to the way I would say it is trust the process to remember that I've been in places like this before where it felt like I could never grow or change or stretch myself to accommodate a tolerance for like this much, whatever it is. And I have, you know, there were times when I couldn't imagine not binging. There are times when I couldn't imagine not drinking and I don't do those things today. And so I remember that change is possible. And I remember that if I keep putting one foot in front of the other and trusting this process of spiritual development, something will happen. And um, another thing that I've been doing is when I feel down on myself, I just ask for encouragement. When I've, I've been writing 
like I've been talking about these personal essays and I feel great about it sometimes and I feel really (laughs) disgusted by it other times. And if you would like to hear, I'm sorry, if you'd like to read Ella's writings, I highly recommend them. You can go to medium.com. Medium.com. I'm going to do it ready. Yes. Slash at sign Ella.MarkAntonio. Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Yes. <sighs> Miracles. When I write these pieces and I start feeling really grossed out by myself and I know that I need, you know, the kind of like out of girls that I can't offer myself, I send my writing to people who are safe and encouraging. Lindsay is like my biggest fan and I can't understand it, but it helps me so much to send her something I wrote and she's just like, she'll text me while reading it and like, type out the parts that she loves the most. And it's just so sweet to be able to see I really need encouragement and have places I can go to get it that are actually like wholesome and safe. So asking for encouragement really helps. And the last thing I was thinking is how growth stretches us. I don't know as much about this as I wish I did to use this metaphor right now, but I'm sure Pony can jump in and help. When we grow our muscles, they rip apart. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a delicate, Mm -hmm. easy process. It's like a kind of violent, stretching growth process. And um, that's how it feels internally to me too. It's like we are getting stretched to accommodate stuff that we couldn't accommodate before. And of course it hurts. Like how would growth not hurt, you know? But what is miraculous to me today is that I'm not so afraid of pain. I know that it hurts. And I also know based on all of this experience that I can stand it, you know, like even in the moments when I think I can't stand it or it's too much or I'll be destroyed. So far, I'm still here. Like the feelings haven't killed me yet. So (laughs) for whatever that's worth, we can like let ourselves be stretched in this way. And I heard something a while ago that I loved so much, which is that spirituality isn't about self-improvement, which is something I get confused about all the time, that it's about self-acceptance. And I heard something even more next level than that yesterday, which is that spirituality isn't about self-improvement. It's about self-abandonment. And I was like, my brain just exploded. Oh, I love these so much. I know, aren't they great? And, you know, ironically, in the way that spirituality works, we don't get to abandon ourselves by ignoring ourselves. We get to like let go of taking ourselves so personally or feeling so identified with ourselves by like deeply loving and investigating our experience. And so I just... I love that. It melted my brain. I was like, I don't understand, but I know that's true. (laughs) And so I just wanted to share it. Those are my tools. Thanks, Ella. So many quick fixes in there, right? Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) Settle in, everybody. We're on a spiritual journey. Giddy up. Thank you all so much for being with us. We appreciate you. I have a request. We would love it if you like our show, if you would rate and review us on whatever platform that you listen on. It would help us so much, whether it's Apple or Google Mm -hmm. Play or Mm -hmm. Insight Timer or whatever, but um, it would mean a lot to us. So thank you. We love it. And shout out to all our PR our folks who are just on social media loving up on us and sharing us yes, with their friends we you. appreciate it, it so much need encouragement and your comments thank you. on insight timer we love them and people who message us on instagram and who join us on our insta live videos 
It's really sweet. Makes our whole day. That's right. And you can find us at www.prettyspiritualpodcast.com. There's a Say Hi tab. There's a tools page. You can see all of these wonderful things that we have for you in one place. You can find us on Instagram under the same name. Slide us a DM. Send us an email. Join our gratitude list. All of the things. We'd love to hear from you. And next time, we are going to talk about self-awareness everybody okay what is this how to get it where am i right now okay (laughs) that's it oh boy (laughs) we love you bye